We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Thursday, February 27th, the start of the NFL Scouting Combine, a meat market for NFL prospects. And because of that, uh, we don't have Nick Schmitz here tonight. As you guys can tell, everything probably ran a little less smoothly because Nick's pretty good at these kinds of things, and Maggie and I are trying to piece this together. So I will host this evening. I am Jacob Westendorf, and as always, I am joined by the great Maggie Loney. And Maggie, you said you wanted to make fun of me in my intro or your intro, so I'm allowing you to do that. Well, I was going to say that today I'm joined by two of my favorite Packers people, and then I was going to change it and say one of my favorite Packers people and Jacob Westendorf. So now you may continue. All right, so <laughs> the other of uh, favorite Packers people, because we do have a special guest here. She is a Mets fan, so but I'm not allowed to make fun of that because we have a Twitter truce on that. But, Perry, since you can't see me, I did wear this Yankees hat just for you tonight. I have Perry Goldstein of Packs What She Said, which is a hilarious Twitter name. Uh, and honestly, you two form my favorite uh, gifable names. Uh, Maggie, obviously, Maggie Simpson, and Nick Perry <laughs> petting the cast. So, Perry, welcome to the show. I hope we don't scare you off. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. 
Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. And I knew as soon as I saw you that that hat was meant <laughs> just for me. I almost put my Mets sweatshirt on and was like, no, I don't want to rock the boat the first time I'm on the show. But here we are. Rocking the boat <laughs> is my specialty. So here we are. Uh, Perry, real quick before we get into uh, some of the stuff here that we want to do, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the the podcasting game and how you're hanging out over at Cheesehead TV. Yeah, well, I never really thought that I would do anything with my love for the Packers, but I downloaded Twitter a few years ago to follow the news and ended up connecting with Nagler, um, who also lives in New York City, and uh, started talking about Packers. And he was like, hey, we want some more you know, younger voices, female voices talking about sports. Uh, do you want to come join us? And I said, uh, nothing would make me happier than to spend <laughs> ample amount of time talking about the Packers. So uh, here I am pack, uh, podcasting with Maggie and just now part of the Cheesehead universe, and it's been really fun. Yeah, it's been a great uh, couple. I think you guys are just finished your fourth episode, uh, which will air this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a good show. Feel free, guys. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Uh, check it out. It's Packs, what she said. If you like puns and Packers, I think that really is the – the perfect show for you, and I'm not saying that just because the two hosts of the show are sitting right here. So, um, ladies, before we get too far into uh, the deep end, which, Maggie, we we were there not that long ago, so we know how quickly these episodes can go off the rails. It is Scouting Combine Week, and that leads to a lot of different things. And the first thing I want to know, and Maggie, I'll start with you, is how important is the Combine? Because I think – some things get lost uh, in translation here. Some people rely too much on the numbers. Some people say that it doesn't mean anything. Where do you stand on the combine versus tape argument, if you will? I mean, I think the tape is always going to be kind of the truer measurement for these draft, draft prospects. But then if you look at guys like Ja'Kai Polite last season, he was top 20 prospect a lot of Packers fans thought that he'd be going to them at pick 12, and then he bombs his interview process. And, and granted, some of that was taken out of context, but he doesn't really nail the interviews. He isn't able to work out fully, and his draft stock plummeted. And now he's like bouncing around practice squads. We don't even really know where he's going to end up in the league. So I think as far as the combine is concerned, a performance is definitely going to help you more than it will hurt you. Unless, you know, there's a, a really extreme circumstance like Ja'Kai Polite. I think that a lot of the day two, day three guys can kind of make a mark for themselves um, at the Combine if they have, like, you know, really explosive measurements, um, some really good testing. But I, I do think that, you know, 90% of what you need from these guys is already available on film. Okay, so Joe Burrow measuring in with a nine-inch hand isn't going to make you think that he's the third-best quarterback in the draft? I mean, my hands are like five inches, so honestly, <laughs> I don't have any type of measurement. They All the hands are large. Yes, they, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> uh, Maggie, oddly enough, something I remembered as you were talking there was the first show we ever did together was after Ja'Kai Polite bombed that interview oh, yeah. last year. So you and I went from talking about how we thought he was a slam dunk to be that kind of player for Green Bay to where was he going to end up? I'll have to go back and listen to what we said because he ended up being a third-round pick. Uh, Perry, Combine, obviously, 
it matters to some degree. Uh, the Packers picked Rashawn Gary last year. I mean, Brian Gutekunst can say all he wants, that it all goes back to the tape. It goes back to the tape. But, I mean, when somebody posts a 995 RAS score from the combine, it's just a freaky-deaky athlete. That's kind of going to draw some attention here. So with that in, in mind here, similar question to, I guess, what I asked Maggie is, where do you fall uh, on that side of things? How much stock do you put into what these guys are doing on the field uh, starting today? Yeah, I, I agree with Maggie still. Like, the film says it all. That's actually their, what they're showing up to do in-game. Um, the Combine can show off really good athleticism, but um, I think at the end of the day, you got to look at the tape. I think everybody knows already who the top guys are. I don't see the Combine changing that, but somebody who is kind of on the outskirts and not on the radar can show up. Um, and, and prove themselves and maybe rise up. Um, I wonder sometimes a little bit with the combine what what the recency bias is. Like if somebody shows up really amazingly, like off the radar all of a sudden, wow, like how much that can influence um, a pick just because it happens so soon before the draft. But again, I'm not in the front office and I, I don't make those decisions. So maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with the I'm kind of with the two of you there. I think what's more important is the the interview process and who you talk to with teams and stuff like that. Because really, Polite not having a good workout last year hurt him. But eventually, if he had done great in interviews and just had a poor workout, eventually his tape would have won out. And his tape still did win out to some degree. But him bombing interviews and basically, I think last year Matt Miller reported that an NFL exec said it was like the worst combine in recent memory. That's what the combine really is, is a job interview. Can you show up and not fail a drug test, which say what you will about the testing policy, but uh, the reality is if you fail a test at the combine, that's more of a uh, intelligence test than anything else because everybody knows it's coming. So can you do that? Can you answer questions? And, And then if you're on the field, are you prepared? Uh, But, I mean, there are some guys that rise and fall. I think John Ross became a top-ten pick when he broke the combine record for speed. Um, Ultimately, I do think if you are picking a player based on his performance at the combine, Harry, like you said there, the recency bias there, I really think has taken over. But that does happen. Hopefully, Brian Gutekunst is not somebody that falls victim to that. The biggest position, and they interviewed um, yesterday, so we're recording this on a Wednesday. It was yesterday, Tuesday, that there was a wide receivers interviewed. And almost all of them, it seemed like, had, had quite a few things to say. So, Perry, of the interviews that we saw, was there anybody who stood out and you were like immediately like, I remember my good friend, Marcus Eversall, used to always say, this guy sounds like a Packer. And when he said that, he said like Randall Cobb. Just sounds, talks, coherent, um, sounds like a Packer. And, I mean, it's really hard to explain, but there are certain guys that just sound a certain way. Is there anybody that kind of jumped off the screen at you saying, like, this guy looks the part, if you will? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit pre-show, and it's actually someone that surprised me, and it was Denzel Mims when he talked about, you know, Somebody asked him, you know, what makes you stand out? It's a really deep class. Like, what is going to make you stand out to all these NFL GMs and coaches? And he said his, besides his contested catchability, which if you watch film is amazing, is his ability to block in the run game. Um, and his answer was, you know, when you get the run game going, you it, open up, it opens up your ability in the pass game. And I just, like – 
was like, Matt LaFleur is going to love. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is, wow. Like that is such an answer. And I also think um, you start to get these guys like personalities a little bit when they interview. And to me, like the Packers are a very team first mentality locker room. And so when you hear about a guy saying, yeah, like I, I love to uh, block. You're like, wow, that's a team player. That's someone I want in my locker room who's not all about his stats. He's about making sure the offense is running. So uh, he really stood out to me yesterday. And those are things that you mentioned it. They pointed out the coaching staff, the players in the locker room over and over again, just the small things. Because, guys, it's not lost on Matt LaFleur that Geronimo Allison wasn't having a productive season from a receiving standpoint. They know that. But what what did they always talk about? Those guys do the little things. They make those things run, uh, things of that nature. Maggie, that being said, this Packers team could use some explosion in the passing game. So who are some guys that you're looking for tomorrow? Because the Combine can do some things, and Gutekunst talked about it a little bit yesterday, as how some things can break some ties between guys that they have on their board. Of you know, If you have, for example – uh, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins rated closely, just for two names example. If one of them does a little bit better in some certain drills that the Packers send a favor, they might pick one over the other based on those kinds of things. Is there anybody you're looking to separate themselves here in their workouts? Uh, really quick, I just wanted to touch on you know what Perry said with people that interview and sound like Packers, and you mentioned this as well. And the only player that I can think of during this entire process as far as like nailing or bombing their interview was I believe it was Robert Kimdichi from the Cardinals when they asked what he'd do with his money and he said he'd buy a Panther and they were like, yeah, no, that doesn't sound like a great idea. And then he plummeted in the draft. So, I mean, unless one of these wide receivers started talking about how they would buy like an animal that could eat them, I feel like, you know, some of these guys, like Perry said, had some really strong answers. And I think, you know, emphasizing your abilities as a blocker is a great way to get noticed by the Packers front office. Um, One of the guys I'm really excited to watch uh, run the drills is KJ Hamler, just because there's been so much debate on Twitter as to, you know, yeah, he's 5'9", he's pretty small, and he doesn't necessarily meet the threshold of what the Packers would typically look for at wide receiver. But then you have Brian Gutekunst coming and saying, you know, hey, we're not going to let size deter us from drafting a good football player. So, you know, even with the history at the position, if they like a guy, they'll make the investment in that player. So I think KJ Hamler is who I'm most excited to see just because of that. Like, will he do enough to maybe climb some some draft boards, um, be of interest to a team like the Packers, even though he's not necessarily the receiver they would typically go for? Um but I, I'm glad you mentioned the relative athletic scores because that's like my favorite part of the combine is seeing all these guys um, with their numbers posted kind of as they move through the drills. And we've talked about it on different shows that Brian Gutekunst just adores his freak athletes like the 9.0 and higher. So I'm curious to see where some of these guys measure up. Um, I think so far, as far as like freaky measurements, uh, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State with his wingspan, I... I kind of didn't know what to do when I saw that right away. Just thinking of him catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, it was a lot to be excited about. And his ability, of course, as a kick returner and a punt returner. So KJ Hamler and Brandon Ayuk are two guys that I'm, I think, most intrigued to see uh, take the field today for workouts. 
Yeah, I, I am firmly still entrenched in the I don't care how tall KJ Hamler is thing. I'm sure Brian Gutekunst <laughs> probably will still, but I I mean somebody just showed a clip earlier of him just running past Josh Metellus at Michigan and Metellus is like fifteen yards off the ball and like as soon as you blink, Hamler's right on top of him and then you blink again and he's ten yards behind him. <laughs> That is speed, speed, speed. And, Maggie, I'm glad you mentioned the the returnability. Uh, Perry, I think one of our first interactions was talking about K.J. Hamler returning punts. So I know Tyler Irvin was on the team this past season. He's an exclusive rights-free agent. They'll probably bring him back. But I do think that there is some added value in finding a receiver that can do those things because we've seen – we even saw with Irvin how quickly things can go awry. The one time he, since Irvin was on the team, the one time he wasn't back there to return a punt, Jermon Williams fumbled it. And I think he ended up concussed. I don't remember if he came back in the game, but it probably should have stayed ruled a fumble and it would have given the Bears the ball at midfield. It didn't. Whatever. We can move on from that. But I think those are things that, I mean, I know the kickoff maybe not so much, but the punt return game is something I mean, guys, I feel like the Packers haven't had a good punt returner since Alan Rossum. I know that's not true, but it just feels like it has been that long. All right, Perry, I'm going to give you a minute to talk about your draft crush because he's wide receiver <laughs> three for me. Um, T. Higgins, so tell me, explain to me, because the detraction immediately is going to be that T. Higgins isn't the speed threat, quote-unquote, that the Packers need in their receiving core. I assume, well, I'm not going to take words out of your mouth. Tell me why T. Higgins' face mask needs to turn green. Yeah, I just, I think he's just super polished. He could do better at his route running, but I just see him being able to start immediately and not being, like, afraid of the big stage coming from Clemson. He has really good speed for his 6'4 frame. Uh, I'm excited to see what he runs in the 40. I think that's going to be like really telling for him, um, especially because this class is so deep and we do value speed. It actually, I think it could be a deterrent from uh, Goot taking him, but he's amazing at contested catches in that situation, like has the largest catch radius. Um, I think his wingspan came back at almost 81 as a measurement, which is just mind blowing. Um, he, But besides that, he can do yards after the catch, um, he just he's really like aggressive and athletic and um just won't let a won't let a corner stop him. He takes the ball to the ground. He has this one catch. It's not a real catch in the NFL, but it's like this insane reach sideline grab and I just every time I watch it I'm like he needs to be on the Packers. <laughs> him casting balls from Aaron Rodgers would be so beautiful. Um and his I think the Packers get a little predictable in the red zone to me, and I think he would bring, like, a, a different, interesting skill set um, out there. And, uh, yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, I agree. When you said, talked about the catch on the sideline, I thought you were going to say Jordy against the Niners from, I think it was 2013 or something like that. But everybody knows the one. Rodgers escapes to his left, throws the ball. Jordy's, like, lunging out of bounds and gets both feet down. So that's one of those, yeah, that's not a catch in the NFL, but I really don't care. It was awesome. I mean, it was a cool thing to watch. Maggie, I know there are some later guys that you have talked about on some previous shows, but who's somebody early? Do you have somebody early that you're thinking, like, this guy fits like a perfect uh, seamlessly into uh, this offense? So for And that can mean a couple different things. So 
if you're content with Devontae Adams as your slot receiver, for example, then you're looking for an outside guy to pair with Alan Lazard. If you're wanting Lazard and Devontae Adams as your outside receivers, you're looking for a true slot guy. So what are you looking for, and who are some guys that fit that mold? I mean, I like the guys that can do it all. I think that Devontae has proven that he can win anywhere, obviously. So wherever the Packers decide to utilize him effectively, I think he'll line up in a number of uh, ways for the offense still, uh, similar to what he did in 2019. But just kind of looking at, like, body types and uh, catch radius and – productivity out of college. To me, Justin Jefferson really seems like the prototypical Packers wide receiver. He's 6'3". He led the NCAA in uh, in receptions with 111. He had 18 touchdowns in 2019. He's just a big-bodied, really physical wide receiver. So pairing him with somebody like Alan Lazard on the boundary and then having Devontae Adams in the slot, to me, is a really enticing matchup uh, against defenses with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but like you said, I do like the idea of, you know, a more traditional slot player. And to me, then, I guess somebody that would be on my radar would be Jalen Rager. Um, and he, again, has that kick and punt return ability, which the Packers are kind of so desperate for, especially if, you know, Perry and I talked about this quite a bit. Whatever happens with Tyler Irvin, he probably doesn't warrant a roster spot at this point unless the Packers see him as an option at running back and not just as a special teamer. So if they do go after a wide receiver that can do both, that probably spells the end of Tyler Irvin's time in Green Bay. Um, Rager has burners, you know, and he's 5'11", so he's he's kind of the more uh, prototypical slot receiver frame. Um, you know, he puts up some impressive numbers, and he's incredibly fast. So given kind of the Packers' history of, of looking at guys like Randall Cobb as more traditional slot players, regardless of how they want to use Devontae, I think that that Jalen would be a nice option for them there. Peter Bukowski rejoices. Uh, yeah, Jalen Rager. <laughs> Jalen Rager's awesome. Uh, I feel for him because he uh, played in uh, watching Rager's tape. It's fun watching him. Everything else stinks. Like their offense is just a tire fire. For people that think the Packers offense was like inconsistent or disorganized, I implore you go watch TCU tape. Trust me, you will be very thankful very quickly. Uh, for the things that we have here uh, in Green Bay. Guys, is there anyone, and I I guess I can open this up to both of you here, is there anybody that you're looking for? Because obviously there's so much emphasis put on the first round, and with the Packers and their ability and their history with receivers, finding guys in the second round. I mean, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, those guys were second-round picks. James Jones was a third-round pick. I'm sure I'm missing a few guys too, but... The Packers have done so well early, but that doesn't mean that that's the only place that you can find receivers. Terry McLaurin was a third-round pick last year. Uh, Calvin Harmon was undrafted. He had a solid year. Maggie, I'll start with you, I suppose, so we don't all talk over each other here. But is there a hidden gem that you're looking at that you're thinking, this could be a guy that Green Bay could take uh, in the mid, you know, the fourth or the fifth round maybe as a lottery ticket, and then you're seeing kind of similar to the mold of what people were hoping with MBS or EQ. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned MBS and EQ and even Jamon Moore because honestly, and I don't know what this makes me sound like as you know a Packer person, but of the three of them coming out of that draft class, I was the highest on Jamon Moore. I thought that he maybe had the largest upside of the three, and then of course he was the first receiver off the team. So you know, good thing I'm not a scout, I guess. But <laughs> I do think that the Packers definitely need to invest in, uh, I guess, more NFL-ready talent. 
uh, whether that's in the first round or early day two. I guess I wouldn't really want to see them wait all the way to day three unless they were incredibly confident that the guy that they wanted would be there. Um, but I think that Wisconsin fans will enjoy uh, the Quintez Cephas uh, performance at the Combine. He already put up pretty impressive numbers on the bench press. He led the, the wide receivers. So he, to me, we talked earlier in the show about players that maybe could see their draft stock improve with a, a good combine performance. And I think that he's one of those guys that could do that. Um, it would kind of scratch the itch that Packers fans always seem to have about drafting the homegrown Wisconsin guys. Um, so as much as I want to see them first take a talent in the first or second round, I do think he could be, you know, a really early day three pick, maybe even a late day two pick, uh, depending on what his numbers look like after the combine. Um, and then, Perry and I talked about this on Pax, what she said, but Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty, um, I'm going to get made fun of for this probably because his NFL comp is Geronimo Ellison, and I, I know that doesn't instill a ton of confidence in listeners right now, given the season that Ellison had, um, but he's got a 92.4 deep grade uh, from Pro Football Focus, and you know, really fantastic hands. He's more of a possession receiver, so if you go get a burner in the first round or, you know, Perry's guy, T. Higgins, if you get somebody that is just a dominant wide receiver and then you take a gamble again on maybe an, a less proven name on day three, I think that's the best route for the Packers to take. Okay, and then Perry, do you have anybody who's kind of a, a mid-round, late-round sleeper type, if you will, that could maybe help themselves this weekend or even if they don't, find themselves as a productive player next year in Green Bay? Yeah, I have one that I'll add, and it's Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Um, I really like him a lot. He's a, he's 6'4", 229. So he's definitely a really big guy. Um, again, with that big catch radius and he's super physical. And when I watch him, I'm kind of like, wow, that's a really, that's an aggressive guy. He almost reminds me of a tight end. Um, and his biggest strength is attacking the middle of the field, which I think could be really useful in Green Bay. Um, he's not the quickest because he's humongous. Um, so I'm curious to see how he does in some of those, drills and and the 40 at the combine because if you think I think if he could pull out a good time um the Packers would be extra interested but I'm starting to get really high on him um his NFL comp is really interesting to me it's Mike Williams which I actually don't really see at all because Mike Williams has turned into a deep threat guy for the Chargers and Claypool is more of a middle of the field guy to me based off what he did in college but I guess you never know what he'll do in in the pros and um I see him going like early day three, but I think he has a lot of upside. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that works out because there's been some buzz this week that some teams might view him as a tight end. And if the Packers look at Jay Sternberger as their inline do-it-all type tight end, and they could still use a move tight end in Matt LaFleur's system. And Claypool could be one of those guys, uh, at least potentially. So I'm curious to see how that goes. And that'll wrap things up for another episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, Jacob Westendorf was your wonderful host this evening in place of Nick Schmitz. You can find his work on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf or with the Packer Report, which the Twitter handle for that is at Packer Report 66. Perry Goldstein, thank you so much for being our guest host today. You can find her work on Twitter at Goldstein Perry, P-E-R-R-I. And you can also listen to her with the Packs What She Said podcast that drops every Saturday on Cheesehead TV. 
I am your other host, Maggie Loney. You can find my work on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I, of course, co-host with Perry um, on the Packs What She Said podcast. Make sure that you tune in next week. Follow us all on Twitter. Um, we will be doing kind of something we think is a fun idea for a show. If you've ever wanted to be a guest host on the Pack a Day podcast, now is your chance to do that. Make sure that you follow Jacob and myself on Twitter. Um, Nick doesn't really post a lot, so, you know, no guarantees that you'll find what you're looking for on his account. But send us your best show idea, and whatever topic we pick, we would be more than happy to invite you onto the episode to host it with us and break down your idea in detail. So send us some tweets with some show ideas throughout the week, and then we will notify you early next week to let you know that you have been selected to come on and host an episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast with us. Um, So thank you, as always, for listening to us. Nick will be back next week, and I can guarantee this will be a lot more seamless. Uh, But in the meantime, send us some show ideas, and as always, Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.